as we get into the word this morning, I, I was thinking about uh, God's dealings in his dealings with Israel. And he emphasized concerning the feasts. You know, talking about, like you've heard uh, Pastor Kala teach you over the years, the moeds, which are appointed time, or fixed time. He, and I started to think, like, God, why are you dealing with them concerning that? And this is what came up in my heart. God wanted them to remember. To remember. That's a big word, and that's what you are going to do to, to deal with today. He wanted them to remember every year who he was to them. That's very important. Who he was to them, who they were, only in him. You know, that's a covenant. Just knowing who they are, who they were, and also to expect blessings from him. You know, if you're talking about an appointed time uh, with a king, and this is not just a king, this is the king of kings. If you are talking about the appointed time, if you had an opportunity to have a, an appointment with a very important person, generous person, you need to be expecting something. You know, that remains, reminds me of a uh, uh, queen of Sheba when she came to Solomon. She came with the gifts. And Solomon, does, that's what kings do. They display their glory. Amen. They display their glory. They display their power. And King Solomon blessed her so much, she went back with so much blessing. And not because she was a lady. All right? But that's the kingdom mentality. Kings display their power. Amen? So think about this. And, and think about this. God says that three times a year, you should not come into my presence empty-handed. Now think about this. This is appointed time with God. And God says this. Don't come empty-handed. Wow. Queen, Sheba went, Queen of Sheba went to something to the king and came back, went back home with a march from that king what about God when he tells you, I want you to bring something? Like what Miss Ruth was saying, I want you, you bring your tithes, you bring your offerings. What does he have in mind? Blessings. I want to outdo you because you'll never outdo God. You'll never outgive him. If you think you've done much, God tells you, I can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think according to the power of his kingdom. And he says that power is working in you. Amen. And, and therefore, he had blessings. Uh, they were to expect that every year. They were to expect that every year. And look at this then. His plans for them, even the midst of chaos. Chaos. You remember, even them going into captivity. Even in the midst of chaos. And, and at some point it looked like, remember like the time of Esther, it looked like the whole nation, the whole Jewish people are going to be destroyed. Even in the midst of chaos, his plans kept unfolding because all was focused 
upon the coming of the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus our Lord. All was focused on that. And it set such a platform for the salvation of the nations. You and I, who are Gentiles, we receive the Lord Jesus Christ. That, that, that really encourages me, church. That no matter what happens in the world, the chaos like what we are seeing seems like last year in March, uh, we were in such a place, and then we come back March 2021. It seems like a cycle. That's the cycle of the world. That's the cycle of the curse. But God has a cycle for his people, and that's the cycle of the blessing. And I'm telling you, you have to believe. You must do be diligent in the word of God to believe that no matter what happens on this, in this world, while we are still in this flesh, we have a God. We have a God. We have a God who keeps covenant. We have a God whose word is impossible for him to lie. And I'll say this. Haven't, I was just introducing my message. Okay? So I haven't even started yet. Just introducing. Just think about this then. Think about this church. <clears throat> about God. We have a God that it's impossible for him to lie. Impossible. Impossible for him to lie. Therefore, the path of a just man is as a shining light. It shines brighter and brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. What does that mean? I see you in the future. And you look much better than you do right now. Right now. Church, that's the, that's the truth. Pastor, you don't know what I've been going through. You don't know what I've been going through too, but there's one person that we believe in. That's God. That's the living God. Who is impossible for him to lie and his plans unfolding. And I do believe this, church. People in the natural and even some believers will say that, oh, I think this has really been an attack of the church. I understand that. But can I tell you something? The church of our Lord Jesus Christ is going to grow stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. Just because we don't have a physical gathering does not mean that the church is weakening. The church shall not weaken. The Jesus the head of the church is the conqueror of all conquerors. How can the church become weak? Amen? Refuse infirmity. Refuse weakness. Refuse complaining. Refuse defeat. Get into the word and believe what the word of God says. Praise God. You know, I, I remember our days, you know, it's been some weeks now, I think almost one and a half weeks and so, I sat, I, I lay down on bed and I thought, you know, during isolation, you know, in isolation you have to move from your bedroom. <laughs> as, 
That's what happens. And if you're not careful, you have to keep, you have to keep <laughs> the distance. Uh, people don't want to be around you so much, even in the house. <laughs> now Tina was so gracious to me and helped me in so many ways, but I, I, I am the one who had to volunteer to live out of the bedroom. You see, we had to test her immediately so that she turned out negative and thought, praise God, oh, oh. But, but I remember one time, then I was lying down there on bed, no fear, nothing. The thing is this, I, I, you know, you feel so fatigued so much, you know, in the body, just feel fatigued. I think I started taking those antibiotics and you feel so fatigued. And um, I, I, I sent a text pastor, Callum. She said, you need so much to rest. I said, yes, ma'am, I understand. I've been lying down on bed until I get bored lying on bed. You know, just bored lying down on bed. <laughs> and then, uh, so she said, no, that's important for you. Keep the music, keep the message. I said, fine, but it is, I, I'll do so. But then I lay down there, no fear, no nothing. You know, fatigue, you don't have strength even to be able to do something, but you're just lying down there. And I thought, my goodness, Lord. How do people without Christ go through life? It's challenging people. We have such a privilege of knowing Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. That's a privilege. That no matter what we go through in this life, the Bible says in, um, uh, I think it should be Psalm Psalm 34, verse 19, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him from them all, that no matter what you go through in this earth, in this natural realm, the victory is ours. Sometimes it doesn't even look like victory. But you have faith in God that things are working together for your good. And you keep believing to the end. Until one day you and I will leave this body and we'll go to heaven and stay there forever and ever and ever and ever. But I'm not going to tiptoe through life. You understand that? I'm not going to tiptoe through life. You are not supposed to tiptoe through life. Hey, who's in reigning? Jesus is in us. He's our king. So we need to stand strong and have faith in God no matter what happens in this life. We have faith in God. Amen? So then, let's, let me open up some, some things here. Remembering who, who we are in Christ. I'm, I'm, I'm using that word, uh, remember. Uh, remember, remember. Uh, now, you know it's used so many times in the scriptures, that word Remember? And uh, it's a Hebrew word. Oh, I don't know if I'll try to pronounce it. Let me see if I can do some ha ha. Zaher. Z A K A R. Remember, it's a Hebrew word. Zaher. Zaher. Zaher, I think. Uh, in Hebrew, words again. And, and it's so much used in the scriptures. I'm talking about remember, remembering who, who we are in Christ. 
And the word remember, uh, of course, it says calling active to memory and all that. But, but I want you to get it from the Hebrew thought. Is, look, look at this. Let me make some statements here. Making present the past. Making present the past so that it can be effective in the present. Is that English? Making present the past so that it can be effective in the present. All right? Remember. So that it can be effective in the present. And, and look at this. Why then this word is not a, a passive word? Oh yeah, I remember. Let me, give you a, let me give you an example or an illustration. If, uh, let's say two men, maybe one is called Paul and another one is called John. So Paul, remembers wakes up in the morning and is their wedding anniversary. Uh, and then wakes up in the morning and uh, goes out and, 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 and gets flowers and gets gifts for the wife and, and, you know, arranges for dinner. And they have pleasant dinner, wonderful, delicious dinner. Not take away in a, in, a, in, in a restaurant. Okay, good place. And they eat. And then come back in the evening and they were so glad that they enjoyed the anniversary. That is Paul. And then John, in the evening, he's asked by the wife, sweetheart, you've forgotten something. I said, what is it? No, found the wife that the wife wasn't looking so, you know, pleasant. And said, sweetheart, you've forgotten something. I said, no, I haven't forgotten anything. What do you mean? You've forgotten our anniversary. And then he says, no, I didn't forget. I woke up in the morning, I checked out the calendar, and I realized this is our 10th anniversary. And I have been thinking about it throughout the day. He remembered. <laughs> I mean, is that remembering? No. Listen, in essence, what I'm saying then, remembering is an action word. Is an action word. Look at this. It says this. Uh, in the, one of the, the definitions is to employ your hands your feet, and your lips to engage whatever action that remembrance requires. You employ your hands, your feet, and lips to engage whatever action that remembrance requires. You know why I'm saying that? God every year had the children of Israel to remember. To remember. And he required action out of them or from them. They came with their gifts. They are feasts. They came with the gifts. So it's, it's to employ your hands, feet, and lips, even confessing and saying, thanking God, to engage whatever action that remembrance requires. And, and listen to this. It's focusing on the object of memory that results in action. It's focusing on the object of memory that results in action. Let's go to Genesis chapter 8 in verse 1. Genesis chapter 8, verse 1. And I want you to see some characters of God, uh, character of God in regarding to remembrance. In verse 1, it says, Then God remembered Noah. You remember Noah had been in the, in the ark for a long time. And, and God remembered, you one may start saying like, does God forget? No, he doesn't. 
But I want you to see his part of remembering because when he remembers, he acts. When he remembers, he acts. So he says this, Then God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the animals that were with him in the ark. Listen to this. When he remembers, he does what? He acts. And God made this action. He made a wind to pass over the earth and the waters subsided. He did something. In him remembering, he did something in that which he remembers. He remembers, then he acts. When you see in the scriptures that God remembered, this is what it says. This is what it means. He acted. He acted. It's not like, oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When was that? Yeah. No. It's an action word. In fact, I see in so many scriptures has a lot to do with covenant. I remember God is a covenant keeping God. It's an action word just like faith. Faith is an action word. True faith is active. Faith sees. Faith acts. Faith, 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 uh, faith sees. Faith acts. Faith speaks. It's an action word. If one says, I really do believe, I really have faith, faith without works is dead. So faith is an action word. Remember, remember is an action word. Look at Genesis chapter 30 verse 22 concerning Rachel. Then God remembered Rachel and God listened to her and opened her womb. God remembered Rachel. He acted and opened her womb. That means she got a baby. It's an action word. Let's go to Exodus chapter 2, laying out some things and believing that you'll be able to grasp some things. In, in uh, Exodus chapter 2, in verse 23, it says, Now it happened, this is when the children of Israel had stayed in, uh, in Egypt for, for years and years, for close to 430 years here. Now, now it happened in the process of time that the king of Egypt died, then the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage, and they cried out, and their cry came up to God because of the bondage. And look at verse 24. So God heard their groaning, and God did what? Remembered. What did he remember? His covenant. He remembered. I see a closeness when you're bringing God into remembrance, a closeness between his covenant and remembering. God remembered his covenant with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and looked upon the children of Israel and God acknowledged them. What does that mean, church? God, when he remembered, remember is, is this. It's time to act now. It's time to act. Let me tell you something. Sometimes it may seem like the devil is winning. It seems like sometimes. Have you experienced that? It feels like he's winning. Ha, 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 ha. We have a covenant with God. Amen. We have a covenant with God. And there is one who conquered the enemy. 
that all his efforts, the devil's efforts, is not zero. Look at this when he remembered. In, in go to chapter this six, uh, chapter six, I think. Uh, uh, when when he came from verse two, he says, and God spoke to Moses and said to him, remember he had their groans, and he remembered the covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And God spoke to Moses and said to him, I'm the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, Lord, uh, by my name, Lord, just a moment, okay, uh, I was not known to them. I have also established my covenant with him, with them, to give them the land of the Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage, in which they were strangers. And look at verse 5. And I have also heard their gro- the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage. And I have do- done what? Remembered my covenant. In other words, it's time to act. It's time to act. When God remembers, he's saying this, I'm getting into action. And listen to this, nothing. No one can stop him. When he gets into action, nothing, no one can stop him. Because he's a covenant-keeping God. And then he says, verse 6, Therefore say to the children of Israel, listen to when he's, he's acting, I am the Lord, I'll bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, I will rescue you from their bondage, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm with great judgments. I will take you as my people, that's covenant, and I'll be your God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God who brings you out from the, under the burdens of the Egypt. This is, my, this, this is my point I want to make here. Don't ever give up. Don't ever give Never, ever, ever, ever. That resolve it inside of you. That whatever you're going to face in life, you have a God who remembers. Who have a God who acts. And I'm going to show you the new covenant thinking concerning that word remembrance. Now, you have a God who acts. And us being in the new covenant, I'll tell you this. We have a God who already acted. On our behalf. He already did. Let me see if I can read. I can find a, a scripture over here. In Psalm, Psalm 119. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Psalm 119 verse 126. Listen. From verse 125 to 126. Uh, it says this. I am your servant. Give me understanding that I may know your testimonies. And listen to what he says. It's time for you to act. (laughs) He's telling God, it's time for you to act. Oh Lord, for they have regarded your law as void. In other words, show them. (laughs) Display your power as the king. 
It's time for you to act, for they have regarded your law as void. Therefore, I love your commandments more than gold, yes, than fine gold. God, is it wonderful? It's time for you to act. This is the appointed time for you to act, God. Amen? So don't ever, ever, ever give up. Don't ever give up. Never, ever, 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 ever. And, and, and when God remembers, I say, again I say he asks, then you and I must remember who he is to us. Don't ever forget that. Who he is to us. And who we are. We, we are in Christ. When we acknowledge that and we, we know who he is to us and who we are in Christ, do you know what that 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 activates God's ability to work on our behalf or to manifest on our behalf. Okay, let me give you an example from the scriptures. You remember the woman with the issue of blood. The power was available to heal them. Everyone. In fact, there were multitudes around Jesus until when he said, who touched me? The disciples you know, say, like, many people are thronging you. What, what do you say? Who touched you? But look at this there. Faith activated that power to heal that woman. Because the Bible says, she kept saying, she kept saying, if I can only touch the hem of his garment. She kept saying, that is the ability of God being activated in the heart of a believer. I, I like the way Smith Wigglesworth uh, recorded that he said that God can pass even a million people and reach out to one who has faith. A million people. There are provisions even during this time, church. Supernatural provisions of any kind, every kind. Every kind, any kind of provision for a believer. You must establish in your life. I think I'd made a statement last week. By the way, by the way, uh, the Good Friday service and, and uh, the Sunday service, that resurrection service Sunday that Tina and I recorded, uh, seated down. I really enjoyed that. I was even contemplating today to sit down and uh, do some uh, recording for this Sunday service, but I was overpowered. <laughs> so I had to come over here. Oh, goodness. I just enjoy sitting down and just breathing some fresh air and not standing and keep opening the scriptures. And, and, and I said, I'm, I'm believing God, and I'm telling you, that's what you're going to do. I'm going to do some recordings that we can have them in the week. We can have them more of a teaching, uh, teaching open in the scriptures that Tina and I can sit down and, uh, and, and just unfold the scriptures. We are going to do that, and uh, most likely this coming week you should be able to see some postings. So be checking out on your website and all that because you'll be seeing some things coming. So I really enjoyed, but, you know, I had to dress up today and put on my suit and praise God, act church, you know. 
Praise God. <laughs> now where was I? <laughs> Don't ever give up. So then, the woman kept saying, if I can only touch the hem of his garment. You see, that's the connection. The ability of God is there. God has made available through his son Jesus Christ for us to walk free, but there has to be faith released for his provision, for his deliverance, or for whatever your need is, church. That has to be faith activated. Now, the devil's work assignment is to make sure that you forget your place in Christ. He does that diligently. People can face situations and they forget completely who they are in Christ. Completely. You've heard people say that, oh, we did this, we, we tried and tried, we went to different places, then we start realizing that we needed to pray. Too late. Which came first? The cart or the horse? <laughs> yeah, you, you see, that, that at the end, is, you, you resolve into prayer. No, our faith, we have to remember who we are. We have to remember whose we are. We have to remember that he who with us is greater than he that is in the world. And it's so easy. The enemy will try to do this to make sure that you forget your place in Christ. Let's go to some scriptures in First Samuel chapter 17. Very familiar scriptures in First Samuel chapter 17 concerning David and, and uh, Goliath. Praise God. David and Goliath wanted to see that what, what the enemy does that you forget. You forget who you are. God remembers and acts. And us, when we stand in that place of remembering who God is to us, it gives him an opportunity to manifest his glory. To manifest his glory. In whatever situation we might be. Look at this in verse, um, verse let's see. Okay, we know verse 3 says, The Philistines stood on, one mount, on a mountain on one side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side with the valley between them. And verse 4 says, And a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Golad from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze, and he had bronze armor on his legs and a bronze javelin, and it goes on to give a description of how huge this man was. Look at, was, look at verse 8. Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you are the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he's able to fight with me and kill me, then we'll be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then we'll be our servants. You, you shall be our servants and serve us. Verse 10, and the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that you may fight together. Look at verse 11. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. 
they kept hearing and hearing and hearing the enemy. And the more they heard, the more fear came in. The more they forget, they forgot whose they were. Kept hearing and hearing and hearing the words of the enemy. Now, <clears throat> now look at this, verse 16. And the Philistine drew near and presented himself 40 days morning and evening. Just think, <laughs> think about that, people. If, if you are seeing this giant of a man every day, <laughs> just think about that. You are seeing this giant of a man every day. He is intimidating. I believe his voice too was intimidating. Every day and morning and evening for 40 days, you are hearing the same words. What is happening? I'm telling you, you forget totally who you are. You'll be defeated even before you move. You make one step every single day. In many times, that's what we call news here. Every day. Every day, you're standing behind, you're watching the television to get the update of Corona. Every day. Every day. Do you know what's happening, church? That shrinks your faith. Fear comes in. You have, you have faith in Corona's ability to kill you. And yet, God has made a way for us to walk free from any aspect of, of the curse. Now, look at this then. Then he says, but David, remember David had not had those wars. So he shows up. Those guys, the, the, the army has had the wars, same wars for, for 40 days, mornings, and evening. They have no faith. David is fresh. He's coming in. He's a covenant man. He knows who he was. Look at this. They kept the army, the, the, Goliath kept referring them as the army of, the, of Israel. David came. Um, uh, let's see. He left the sheep. He came over there, brought the supplies. Then he talked, verse 23, then as he talked to them, there was the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath, by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines, and he spoke according to the same words. So David had them. Shoo, boy. That's what faith does. You hear something, you get agitated. You are ready to do something different. Listen, and all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, now he didn't have to, he didn't have to even to say anything. They saw the man, when they saw the man, they fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. That it came to a place that when he shows up, they'll just run. Sure. What a place to be. Terrible place. Look at this then. So, uh, so the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich him with great riches, will give him his daughter. Who doesn't want to marry a king's daughter? You understand? Daughter, uh, and, and accept me who knows who I'm supposed to marry. You understand? That's the difference. 
uh, and give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, listen to the words of David. What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine, uh, Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? Listen to this. For he is, who is this uncircumcised Philistine, a man with no covenant with God? That's what it means. That he should defy not the armies of Israel, but the armies of the living God. In other words, David is saying this. We are not just armies of Israel. Naturally, we might be. But there is one behind us. There is one who's all overcoming God and is for us. We are not just armies, an army. We are the army of the living God. David was thinking in terms of covenant. These other men had had the, 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 the words of the devil over and over and over again. They were think, thinking as just natural man, men as any other army. So anyway, we know the story. David ended up killing this man. Why? Uh, uh, li listen to this. Listen to this in verse 34. But David said to Saul, Saul says, said, you are not able to go in verse 33. And, and, and you're, not, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him for you are youth and he's a man of war from his youth. Youth, it doesn't matter when you know your covenant. It doesn't matter when you know your covenant. Listen, you doesn't matter when you know that you have a covenant with God and you remember whose you belong. You remember whose you belong. That makes the whole difference. And David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Now that I've got a testimony. Huh? I caught corona and I'm still alive. <laughs> I think the, the two things that I've, I, I, I thought, God, I'll always give you glory when I remember this. This is the first one. I mean, not, that, those that I can remember, I was speaking to the Lord about that. When I was going up to Mount Kilimanjaro, and I knew physically it didn't look like I was going to make it to the peak. Those who were around me didn't know that. But I knew that I had to trust God to help me to go to the peak. And actually, we went to the peak and made it to the peak and praised God. We did that. And I said, I said every time, Lord, anyone who ever comes around tell me, you did, you made it, I'll say, the Lord helped me. I will give glory to you, Father, because you helped me, and he did. We are a small percentage. I don't think I'm that ambitious to go to Mount Everest, but, but even Kilimanjaro is a small percentage. Okay? So now, look at this. Then, when this happened, I thought, Lord, I'll also, uh, like someone called me and said, uh, he said, oh, you conquered corona. I said, no, the Lord helped me. The Lord helped me. The Lord helped me. I have no ability 
of my own. There are people who have died, many and many and many have died of it. But what do I say? I'll give glory to God. God, you help me. I had no fear. I had no fear whatsoever because you helped me. It takes humility to do that. Hey, it's, we have a covenant with God. If we can only think, think in this manner, whatever situation I might be facing, God, I remember I have a covenant with you, and because of your covenant, I know you're going to act on my behalf, and therefore I will overcome this situation because you are with me. Then he says this, um, so he gives a testimony. Uh, a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock. I went after it and struck it and delivered uh, uh, the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck it and killed it. Look at verse 36. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me, you see now, he remembers that, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion, from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. And that's exactly what, what happened. This is my encouragement to you, church. In what you are facing on a daily basis. Remember, you have a covenant with God through his son, Jesus Christ. Don't approach things from a natural perspective. The, 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 the world, in the natural sense of it, is not going to be easy. Especially in so many, you know, demonic activities happening in, the, in, you know, happening in this world. Some things that you you cannot, years ago, you could not have imagined that they will happen in the lives of people. Let me tell you something, church. In all that, in all that that is happening, you still have to remember that you have a covenant with God. And that's what God wanted the children of Israel over and over again to remember that. In fact, he told them, even in, in um, Deuteronomy chapter, chapter 8, verse 18, he says, you should remember that God is the one who gives you what? Power to get wealth. In other words, don't rely on your own flesh. Don't rely on your own ability to do anything. Rely on God who will help you and show you, show you his, his covenant. Now, in James chapter 1, I told you of the assignment of the enemy is to make sure that you, you forget. But thank God for, for the Holy Spirit. Do you remember? Do you remember when the work, the work of the go go first to John John fourteen, please. John fourteen. Get ready with your holy communion. Uh, John fourteen says this, verse twenty five. Jesus says, talking about the Holy Spirit, he says, "These things I've spoken to you." while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance 
all things that I said to you. Remember now that that thinking about uh, that again remembrance or remember being an active word, an action word that the Holy Spirit will show you actually how to deal with the affairs of life. How to act in the affairs of life. How to deal with issues around you on a daily basis. If you listen to him, you trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, God will make sure every day he will lead you into victory. Now, so put you to, he'll bring to your remembrance all things that I've said to you, and peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Let's go to, uh, to James Chapter 1, verse 22 and verse 25, Miss Ruth mentioned this one a little bit during our message of tithes and offerings. But he says this, Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately does what? forgets or does not remember. He does not remember what he has been seeing. He easily forgets, forgets what kind of man he was, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Let me make a point over here. Again. Don't ever, ever give up. Never ever. And then second is this. However dark the situation that you'll ever face, don't forget you have a covenant with God. Don't look for solutions outside the world. Don't ever do that, please. The word has solutions for you. Very important thing as a covenant person. Don't wait for a time of crisis to start seeking God. God is merciful and gracious. But you'll go through many, many things that you shouldn't have gone through. Seek God as a lifestyle. As a lifestyle. Don't wait in a time of crisis. Uh, uh, someone, someone asked me, oh, pastor, you must have really been, you know, in the world, staying indoors. And, uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. There are days just wanted to just lie down. You know, in the world? You're kidding me? But the word that I've been studying every day, praying every day, believing every day, in time like that, the word rises up within you. The word sustains you. The word keeps you. The word strengthens you. You start moving forward. You're not stuck. So don't seek God as a lifestyle. Not waiting for the time of crisis to start saying, God, Oh, God, 
You know, I, I don't want a time of Christ. That's when you are repenting all this, the sins that you don't even remember. You understand that, that, that you, you are trying to remember sins you committed last year because for, for a long time you've not been seeking God. But you seek God as a life, sir. And listen, the more you do it in that way, the easier it is for you to deal with the adversities of the devil. It becomes so easy. Why? Because you have known, like what David says, he delivered me from the paw of the bear, he delivered me from the paw of the, the, the lion, he will deliver me from this uncircumcised Philistine. Why is that so? You are fully persuaded that God is a covenant-keeping God and he never forgets the righteous. You are fully persuaded that God is going to help you. Fully persuaded that God is going to help you. What do you do? You don't become a forgetful here, but you become a doer of the work. Every day, every day, every day. Every day, you just choose, I'm going to live for the work. And then in Psalm 78, verse 40 and 42, it says, how often, talking about the children of Israel, provoked him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. Yet again and again they tempted God and limited the whole one of Israel. Why is that so? Verse 42. They did not remember, they did not remember his power. Was his power available? Yes. Come on, people. Is the power of God available today? Yes. They remember, they did not remember his power this day, the day when he redeemed them from the enemy. The day when he redeemed them from the enemy. And that ushers me to our Holy Communion. Praise God. It ushers us to Holy Communion. They did not remember the day he redeemed from the enemy. He redeemed them from the enemy. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians 11. God, even our God, is a covenant-keeping God. God, even our God, keeps his covenant forever and ever to all generations, to all who trust him. We are living in such an exciting time. It is. In the natural, it seems like not. But if you start thinking about the unfolding of God's plans, this is an exciting time. I do think when you see such things that we've never seen, you know, in past generations, I do think is this. It's because God has given us grace and ability to overcome. To overcome. I do believe that with all my heart. It's when you see things happening in your generation, you, you think like God has given us the ability to overcome. Why? Because he's ever faithful. He, he knows, like what the scripture read last Sunday, he knows how to deliver the godly. 
in every generation, no matter what happens, church. So we are not weak, crying out to unseen God. Now we are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, knowing that we have a living God, an everlasting covenant through our Lord Jesus Christ, that no matter what happens in this earth, we have the victory in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. No matter what it is, church. This is not a church just preaching on Sunday and then you go defeated in the week. I say that years ago, years when I gave my life to Christ, I, I made up my mind. I am not going to be just a preacher behind the pulpit and then I go back to the house wherever I am and be defeated by the devil. I refuse that. And you better refuse that too. I cannot be saying I'm more than a conqueror and more than a conqueror and I'm being defeated by the devil. No, people. He paid the price for us to be free. He paid the price for us to be delivered completely. Why should we fear the devil? Why should we fear what is happening in the world? Why should we walk in lack and insufficiency? Why should we walk as if we have no covenant with God? We have a covenant with God through his son, Jesus Christ who's our Lord. That's our victory. Right there. He causes us. Before you go to, let, let me read this, this scripture before uh, we go to 1 Corinthians 11. Praise God forever. In fast, come on, let's see. I'll find you. I'll get you. I will get you, praise God, glory, glory. Ah, yes, and Second Corinthians chapter 2. Uh, it says this, verse 14. But thanks be to God, who in Christ. Are you shouting already at the house? But thanks be to God, who in Christ. Always, always, always leads us in triumph. Always, sometimes, no, always, always leads us in triumph as trophies of Christ's victory and through our spreads and makes evident the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere. Let me see how, what the Passion Translation says. Uh, God always makes his grace visible in Christ, who includes us as partners of his endless triumph. Ha, 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 ha. God always, God always makes his grace visible. That's what I told you in every generation, there's a grace to stand. Uh, in Christ, he includes us as, uh, as, as, as partners of his endless triumph, like what I was saying last weekend, that in the mind of God, it was just like you, Daniel, going before God, uh, before in, in Hades, and triumphing over the devil completely, yourself. Because Jesus did it for you. He didn't do it for himself. 
So in the mind of God, it was like you and I going and stripping the enemy. So then this scripture says in the, in the Passion Translation says, who includes us as partners of his endless triumph. Who always leads us as captives in, in his triumphant procession. And, and, and it goes on and on in victory over and over again. What does it remind you of? Colossians 2.15. Colossians 2.15. That's our victory in Christ Jesus. Now, you know I'm a preacher boy. I can go on and on. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Now, look at this of that same word of remembrance. In verse 23, in partaking of Holy Communion. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he says this, he broke it and said, take it. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And, but I want you to see something there of that, that, that word, remembrance. You know, broken for refers to the physical brutality of Jesus' death. In remembrance of me speaks of the central purpose of the Lord's table, which is to acknowledge and give testimony to the triumphant work of the cross. To give a testimony. Acknowledge. Remember, having said it's an active word, is. If, if when we partake of this Holy Communion, you've been having symptoms and all that, and probably you've been lying down on bed, take it and rise up. Take it and rise up. That's an act, action word. Why? Because we are remembering, and when God remembers, it's time for him to act. It's time for him to act. He remembered, when he remembered mankind, he never forgot. He came on earth in the flesh and paid the price for us. So it's to acknowledge and give testimony of the triumphant work of Christ. So this, this word, remembering, remembering, is an active word. It's an active word. It's not just saying, oh yeah, you know, we remember, you know, and, and all that. No, it's an active word. It's, a, it's like an acted sermon. Every time we partake of Holy Communion, think about this. We're remembering whatever we go through this, even if it's a physical ailment, I have a covenant with God who paid the price for me, by whose stripes I'm healed, the stripes of Jesus Christ, and the blood is my victory over the enemy. I overcome the devil by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of my testimony concerning my finances, concerning my family, concerning the salvation of my, my brothers and my sisters, concerning whatever it is. You are remembering you are on this earth, not alone. You are enforcing the defeat of the devil as we partake of Holy Communion. So today, there's a great deliverance here. Just lift up that, that, that body, the body of Jesus. Jesus, our Lord, your body was broken for us. And we do, as a church family today, in remembrance, 
in remembrance that you are covenant-keeping God. You keep your covenant. It's activated. The covenant of healing, I, I speak an activation of it. The covenant of provision, the covenant of prosperity, the covenant of deliverance for your people. In all what they are going through, I speak a remembrance, an activation of this covenant upon even their physical bodies. I command sickness to be driven out by the power that is in the body of Christ. We are members of the body of Christ. As the children of Israel took off the, 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 the alarm, roasted in that first Passover, your word says, Father, none of them was feeble. So everyone that has been called into this church, I speak strength. And we, as we partake, we thank you for strength, Father. As a church, we shall grow stronger and stronger and stronger. As a church in this nation, we shall grow stronger and stronger and stronger. As a church in the nations of the world. Thank you, Father, for supernatural strength. We praise you in Jesus' name. Partake of his body. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in what? Remembrance. Remember. Remember. Oh, thank you. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood upon, this, uh, upon each one of us, Father, and these families. The blood of Jesus. We overcome the devil. Father, every, everyone who's been faithful tithing for years and years and years, your people, Father, the devourer is rebuilt in the name of of Jesus. I command a multiplication in that business. I command divine favor in the name of Jesus. The devourer, you are rebuilt. And we stand against you by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony that there's God's provision. Because God, you remembered by us by sending your son Jesus Christ and we put you to remembrance. That we have a covenant with you, Father. And thank you for supernatural provision. Thank you for protection from infections, every kind of infection. I speak God's protection over your family in the name of Jesus. I speak God's protection over you from every kind of infection. We plead the blood. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Praise God. You may partake of his blood.